Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to watchnebula.com slash not overthinking with a little hyphen thing in between the not and the overthinking. So watchnebula.com slash not dash overthinking. Through Nebula, you'll firstly get access to all of our podcast episodes ad-free. Secondly, you'll see exclusive content from me and a load of other educational-ish creators. And thirdly, it directly supports this podcast. So you'll incentivize me and Tame to record more episodes. My name is Ali. I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor. I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Before we go on, I just want to give a quick shout out to Brilliant, who are our sponsors for this episode. Brilliant is pretty much the best place to learn math, science, and computer science online. A lot of the maths that we're taught in schools focuses on memorizing some method and getting good at repeating that method in an exam. But the best thing about Brilliant is that it actually helps you develop intuition and real understanding of the concepts. They have a great series of courses on the fundamentals of probability and statistics, which I think is a super important topic for everyone in the 21st century. Learning and understanding this stuff will really change the way you see the world. Uh, so go to brilliant.org forward slash not overthinking. And the first 200 people to sign up via that link will get 20% off an annual subscription to the site. Big thank you to Brilliant for their support. Hello again, and welcome to Not Overthinking. Tamor, how are you doing this week? Uh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, yeah. It's, so uh, this week you got a PS4. <laughs> Whoa, how did you know? <laughs> All right, full, uh, full disclosure. This, uh, this rec- recording that we're doing now is a continuation of the, the previous episode. Uh, so we're continuing on the same theme, and we're recording it uh, in one big batch. Uh, and so this, uh, this little intro doesn't really mean anything. yeah it's all it's all just fake although i'm sure people appreciate the lack of a 19 minute sort of uh, ramble at the start <laughs> and actually so uh, i'm i'm kind of proud of us in that for the like for the first time ever we're a few That's, whoa what did you say sorry did you say? <laughs> sorry i know i know i know i use the word us which you don't like i use the word proud well we'll, we'll, we'll we, you, we will... use the word i it's like it implies a sense of self <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of us because we are doing the actual podcast thing, right? Because the vast majority of podcasts are not recorded on a Sunday night at 11 p.m. and then released half an hour later. The vast majority of podcasts, you know, when they're done properly are recorded in advance. And so what we're trying to do for these next few weeks is to kind of pre-record and essentially we're trying to get two weeks ahead so that a podcast that we release was actually recorded two weeks ago. Um, Because the objective is that we, we want to try and create clips from the podcast that we can then sort of share on Instagram as a way of kind of growth hacking the podcast. Uh, not really sure how it'll work, um, but hey, it's just generally useful to be ahead with these sorts of things rather than having to be a mad rush scramble at the last minute. Anyway. Although I'd, I'd just like to add to that. that Yes. I think like a lot of podcasts, which uh, would be seen as like quite legit, are actually not that organized. So I know for a fact that, for example, the My First Million podcast don't record ahead. They basically record it on like the day or the day before or something every single week. It's not like, uh, yeah. Yeah. And and that's like a pretty well-produced, like legit podcast. Well-produced. So I, I, I mean, it's it's rather similarly like, well-produced to our one. And they they had similar oh, download numbers last, last time I checked to us. Really? Okay, yeah. that's interesting. Um, okay, yeah. I, I always thought it was like more of a thing because I guess it's sort of an organization that produces the hustle or whatever, right? Um, yeah. I mean, like I, I imagine they've got they've got a dude whose job it is to edit the podcast and kind of right, find yeah. sponsors for it and stuff, but no idea. Um, anyway, but yeah, I think yeah, it's worth just being ahead in general. Um, maybe this whole clipping stuff for Instagram will be just won't won't work. In which case, we can go back to doing things last minute. But it's kind of nice to, for example, that we've got 
we've got next week's episodes. We've got this week's episode sorted and we're not recording it right now. Yep. Um, anyway, we are continuing Kevin Kelly's life advice. Thank you, Kevin, for constantly providing us with content. Um, should we just jump into the next one? So we ended last episode with a long ass discussion of the phrase, the more you're interested in others, the more interesting they find you. To be interesting, be interested. Tamer, what was the next one on our list? Uh... And a big shout out to everyone watching this live. Are you answering questions Wait, we... from the chat? Yes, we sort of are. Um, where the, when they're relevant to the point that we're making, because what we have to keep in mind is that this is ultimately a podcast recording. Uh, and don't we, yeah, don't we need to do a brilliant segment now? <gasps> oh, we do. Yes. Um, <clears throat> good point. This episode is kindly brought to you by Brilliant. Yes, that's right, guys. We have a new sponsor. Brilliant are very, very kindly sponsoring sponsoring this uh, this podcast. If you haven't heard of Brilliant, it's probably not, because you're not watching enough of my YouTube videos. Um, because Brilliant are a fantastic online platform for learning maths, science, and computer science. They've got amazing interactive courses on all, all of those. Um, like basically everything you can think of, but it's not, it's not like kind of preparing for exams type level of math, science, computer science. It's more kind of for general interest, kind of going from first principles, understanding, for example, in maths, the principles of probability, the principles of algebra and number, and, and number theory. Yes, if you're taking exams, it'll help you with that. But it's it's more designed for general learning and learning more about the world than it is about trying to get an A star in your A level math. Um, the courses that I enjoy in particular are the computer science ones because I was considering doing computer science when I was well instead of doing medicine, uh, and I ended up being a medical student and I taught myself how to code over the years as as Tamor did as well. But because of that, I'd never really understood the fundamentals of computer science like what algorithms were and now i'm kind of diving into the brilliant courses on that along with stuff about neural networks and deep learning and, and machine learning and, and it, it just like gives you a really nice accessible introduction to that so if that sounds up your street then you should go to brilliant.org forward slash not overthinking and the first 200 people to go on that url that link will get 20 percent off the annual premium subscription it's really good genuinely it's like a good way of exercising the mind so thanks guys for for sponsoring this episode how, how was that table? Yeah, that was pretty good. I'm just thinking that we're saying this on the on the YouTube live. So actually, I don't know how many people are in this live chat. And there's 425 people watching it right now. So actual podcast listeners are going to get screwed because <laughs> the first 200 things, I mean, I doubt half of the people watching will do it. But yeah, I don't know. Um, yes, I've also just checked. I feel like that. YouTube gang. <laughs> I've also just, just checked that that, screen, that, screen, that, uh, that URL doesn't actually work. Uh, let me, I'm just going to message my boy PJ. <laughs> Sorry, correction. Don't go to brilliant.org forward slash not overthinking because it doesn't work. Just go to brilliant.org. Uh, and type in not overthinking when you can kind of view as a user a checkout coupon thingy. Anyway, shall we continue with the with the episode? Let's do it. All right, so the uh, the next piece of advice from Kevin Kelly is optimize your generosity. No one on their, de- on their deathbed has ever regretted giving too much away. Yep, yep. I'll back it. I'll, I'll buy that. Uh, anything, anything to add on that front? Yes. <laughs> I actually yeah, disagree I think... with the framing of this because it implies that... <laughs> Being generous is an instrumental way of getting other people to like you, and I think that's deeply problematic. Uh, Am I right? No, that's not. Nah, that. Uh, always, always. Uh, no, what was I actually going to say? Yeah, the thing I was going to say is that uh, I think there is a there's sort of like a way of a way of looking at things that I've I think I've come across a few people that look at things in this way, uh, and I don't think it's. Uh, a terribly good way of looking at things uh and i think that the, the, the way of looking at things is basically through a lens of 
something around like ju- justice where if for example if if um yeah justice or like fairness where uh and you know a sense of justice and fairness is broadly good but i'll give you an example suppose that uh oh by the way hi jahazib oh jahazib how's it going man <laughs> <laughs> he says hello lads in the chat that's what that's where one of our cousins in pakistan at the moment the power of the internet to bring people together sorry tim what you were saying i feel like you were in the middle uh, of some, some deep thinking yeah i'm just trying to think of like the right example that would be kind of uh broadly uh, sort of uh, understood yeah i guess yeah look, oftentimes people will be in situations where yeah you might find yourself in a situation where you can uh give me a second <laughs> okay i'll just give you a concrete example uh for example suppose like suppose that you you know let's say I mean, what's your current living situation? So, uh, you and Molly still live together, right? Or has Molly like probably moved out now? Uh, no, we still live together. Okay, cool. So suppose that uh, I don't know. Yeah, su- suppose that like so Molly, Molly has like a big room, right? Like two people, it's like a double double bed and stuff like that, right? Yes. Like two people could 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 like live in Molly's room. Yes. Suppose that uh, one day Molly decided that, or, or like yeah, you know, one day you know Jake, Molly's boyfriend, decided to sort of move in or, or like ne- needed a place to stay for a few months and wanted to like move in with you guys yeah. right now there's, there's there's kind of two there, there's a way of looking at that situation that some people might have which uh which i think this uh, optimize your generosity advice would be kind of against one way of looking at it is kind of like okay jake wants to move in there's now three people living here he can pay half of molly's rent and contribute to the groceries and all that kind of stuff whatever yeah, there's that way of looking at things. Uh, and another way of looking at things is, oh, cool, we're, we're pretty fine with the, with the current setup, you know? Uh, well, we can all kind of afford it or whatever, and uh, yeah, it doesn't cost us anything if Jake wants to you know, sleep, sleep in the room. And I think the, the latter way of, of looking at it is, uh, is what I certainly try to kind of bend towards where, yeah, you, you could make a quick buck out of Jake. <laughs> sure, of course you could. And it would be fairly justifiable. Like, he's living in the house, you know, uh, for, let's say, a couple of months. It's a non-trivial amount of time. You should pay rent or something, right? Uh, I think b- both are, like, pretty justifiable and pretty, like, understandable. I think if you generally approach life with a worldview of, like, oh, yeah, it doesn't cost us anything extra to have an extra person stay in the house versus, ah, there's an extra person getting value out of the house, therefore they should pay for it. I think the the, the former is uh, is a nicer way to live. Yes, and yeah, the, the house example is perhaps a little bit extreme because probably the the, the the sort of what you stand to gain from making a quick buck is probably a little bit more than you stand to gain from making a quick buck out of other things. Just because I guess housing bucks are typically some of the higher expenditures that people have. But uh, yeah, there's lots of scenarios in which you could make a quick buck, and it would be justifiable too. But I think you might be happier in the long term if you don't even worry about that yeah um i definitely very much air towards the side the side of not really caring about these sorts of things which again like naturally comes from a place of privilege where like actually it, it won't make any difference to my life whether or not jake contributes a quick buck to the housing rent yeah. in the slightest equally when it comes I, to I, I don't think it's just the privilege like i i think i said i know people from equal levels of financial privilege that would still think in terms of the i could you know someone is getting value from this therefore they should pay yeah. for it and I can make a quick buck. So I, I think privilege comes into it for sure. But 
Yeah, no, I think I think it's 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 as you said at the beginning, like it's very much tied up with the with the issue of justice. So, for example, if yeah. if for example Jake happened to be living in this house for six months, and I I told Mimi that yeah, I'm not charging him rent because he's a mate and I, I can't be bothered, she'd be like, what? Well, that's not fair. Like the 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 she she would be worried that I was being taken advantage of. Right. Yeah. In that scenario, and I feel like that is. A co- I, I suspect that's probably a major reason as to why people insist on things like I don't know splitting the bill when like like assuming the actual economics of it are negligible or for example when it comes to you know the other day I ordered pizza for my ward and I just kind of paid for it because I wasn't going to ask other people to be like hey guys can you contribute three pound fifty to pizza because I, I just don't care uh, but for someone else equally in that position of actually economics wise they actually they actually just don't care they might think oh it, it would be it's kind of a bit unfair that these people are getting value where where they're not paying for it. Um, yeah, but yeah, I very much lean towards the optimize your generosity side of things. Although I always feel a little bit icky using the word generous when applied to myself. Aren't you a hero? Yeah, check me out. <laughs> exactly. Um, shall we move on? Yep. Cool. So the next one is to make something good, just to do it. To make something great, just redo it, redo it, redo it. The secret to making fine things is in remaking them. Yep, love it. This is like classic advice that's given to anyone in any kind of creative field whether it's you know writing making youtube videos making products yeah sort of anti-perfectionism and uh, iterations and quantity over quality in some way <laughs> although um i suspect that's not what he's trying like it's it sort of it sort of implies that to make something great you, for, for example if you're making a painting you kind of redo it and redo it and redo it it sort of implies that you kind of redo the same painting which is probably not what he had in mind he's probably thinking you just need to work at the craft of painting and churn out quantity um, oh yeah yeah as opposed to keep on working on the same piece and keep on redoing it over and over again. but yeah Shall we move uh, yeah but I, I think in some things it, it also applies on a more granular level for example like you know pretty popular writing advice is to not worry about your first draft just get something out there and then you know Edits, writing yeah. yeah rewriting is actually what writing is uh you know that kind of stuff hmm. anyway next one the golden rule will never fail you. It is the foundation of all other virtues. I don't know what the golden rule is. Oh, mate, the golden rule is do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Oh, okay. Um, yes, it is. <laughs> it's the foundation of all other virtues. I think, so the golden rule is interesting, right? Because it is a very standard part of most systems of morality. And it's it's what, it's one of the things that from, from what I've read, like the secularist would say as, come on, man, this is this sort of thing is is why human morality is sort of a human construct. It's not like a divine construct. Whereas the religiousists would be like, oh, well, you know, our morality comes from God because um, A, B, C, D, E. Uh, but but really the foundation of all, basically all moral systems is the golden rule. Do unto others as you'd have them, have them do unto you. Um, that's the context in which I've kind of most read about this. Yeah. Wait, what, what, do you, what, what is that context? So like, are, are you saying that some religious people might say that See, religion is good because it encourages you to like do unto others as you have them do unto you. Exactly. Where a secularist would be like, uh, bro, this is what people have been saying since the dawn of time, since way before there was a recorded religion. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fair. Anyway, next. If you're looking for something in your house and you finally find it, when you're done with it, don't put it back where you found it. Put it back where you first looked for it. Oh, this is great. I've actually, I've actually been sort of uh, do- low-key doing this for, for a few years where I always think about like, yeah, I always think that like, my thought process is going to be the same if I if I do this thing again, um, and so yeah, I think I think this is this has worked well for me. Yeah, I I kind of do that when it comes to which drawer is that this specific specific cable in. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like I I I, I, I have in my head a sort of mental representation of all of the different drawers in the house, 
uh, at the front cupboard, there's sort of like 10 of them available. At my desk, there's like eight of them available. And I think like, for, for example, when it comes to that fat USB cable that connects the printer to my laptop, that's probably <laughs> going to be in the front cupboard on drawer number three because that it's it's a yeah. it's a niche sort of cable, but it's not so niche that it's in front cupboard drawer number ten because that's where the really super niche cables are. Um, and then yeah. I kind of always make it a point to put it back where I would think to look for it initially. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's always like I think where, in these kinds of scenarios where you're trying to figure out what what the past you did, there's like infinite levels of second guessing yourself. Where you could think, oh, I would have put it back there. Ah, oh, but what if I thought that and put it out there? Yeah, and and I think it's quite a skill in like picking, you know, cutting it off after the first level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like no, no, knowing when to, when not to like second guess yourself. <laughs> yourself. It's like if I'm trying to find my keys <laughs> or my AirPods, like those are the two things I lose most often. It's like where the hell would I have put it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now I, it's it's quite nice because with the AirPods, I've I've got a single wireless charger in the bedroom. Uh, that I use for my phone at night. But then when I come in into the house, I will take my AirPods out, put them on charge on this wireless charger, and then at night I'll yeah. just move them over a bit. So the AirPods are always next to the phone. Although recently I've been super, super engrossed in the Wheel of Time series on Audible, so I've just been listening to them like even outside of community. It's not, nice. it's not very Audible getting some, some free promo on oh, podcast. Yeah, audible.com forward slash Ali Abdul. Doesn't go <laughs> <sighs> I wish. <laughs> uh, all right, cool. Next one. Saving money and investing money are both good habits. Small amounts of money invested regularly for many decades without deliberation. Uh, it's one path to wealth. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, I like that. Both back it. We, we talk about this occasionally, so let's not dwell on that. To make mistakes is human. To own your mistakes is divine. Nothing elevates a person higher than quickly admitting and taking personal responsibility for the mistakes you make and then fixing them fairly. If you mess up, fess up. It's astounding how powerful this ownership is. Yeah, like that. Yep. I made a mistake at work the other day. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, but like every time I I make a mistake at work, I always kind of like own up to it, like very like as as soon as I possibly can, because I've just found like in yeah. o- in other aspects of life, people will always appreciate it when you when you're upfront about the mistake that you made. So it's always nice. And people what like, was the mistake? Um, you killed someone. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll talk about that afterwards. <laughs> um, no, the mistake. So. Um, uh, essentially so when you come on during the day you get a handover from the night team about something about stuff that needs to be done that day and there was a case where we were where some i'm i'm, I'm keeping this deliberately very vague where 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 something had to be done uh and the the team and the team sort of joked that actually it didn't have to be done and i took that at face value but I didn't but actually it was a joke and, <laughs> and and later they corrected it to be like oh actually no we should do the thing but I hadn't been listening at that time. So I just assumed the thing didn't need to be done because they were like, oh, you know, let's not do the thing. And then the thing wasn't done. And that thing led to uh, a patient coming into hospital when they shouldn't have been, uh, when they wouldn't have needed to had I done the thing. Uh, and so uh, the morning that I found out, I was like, I went to the consultant and I said, um, I've done a bad thing. And then she started laughing and she was like, oh God, <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> and then I explained and she was like, oh, okay, that's not too bad. <laughs> right. But, well, it's not like they're, you know, there's, there's someone unconscious, they're joking about, ha. Huh. I guess we probably shouldn't resuscitate them, should we? <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> uh, no, it was exactly like that. Okay. Yes. Okay, nice. All right. Uh, next one. Never, in- never get involved in a land war in Asia. Any idea what he's talking about here? I think it's deeply problematic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I against Asia. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what he's talking about there. All right. Cool. You can obsess about serving your customers slash audience slash clients, or you can obsess about beating the competition. Both work, but of the two, obsessing about your customers will take you further. Yeah, like that. 
Nice, good stuff. I feel like it, yeah, it's kind of related to uh, you know stuff that we often talk about about you know like anti having a positive sum. Yeah, anti-composition and positive sum worldview, kind of intrinsically driven, uh, all this kind of stuff. Cool. Uh, next one is show up, keep showing up. Somebody successful said, 99% of success is just showing up. Yep, I back it. We've talked about this stuff all the time. Yeah, this is like episode two of the podcast about like consistency or something that people say is like a, a really legit one. Ooh, just got a comment in the chat saying, Ali looks so cute, lol. Oh, thank you, the year of change. That's very kind. Um, sorry, I just had to get that in there. <laughs> Okay, next All one. Right. We've got separate the processes of creation from improving. You can't write and edit or sculpt and polish or make and analyze at the same time. If you do, the editor stops the creator. While you invent, don't select. While you sketch, don't inspect. While you write the first draft, don't reflect. At the start, the creator mind must be unleashed from judgment. Yeah, this is the sort of stuff I live for. This is absolutely on the money. Um, Love it. What I, what, what I think about is... Uh, the phrase F, the the acronym FBR, which stands for fast, bad, wrong, uh, and that is what the first draft is always. It's always fast, it's always bad, and it's always wrong. Um, and I always like this is. I, I came across this like last year, and it's something that I like every single day when I'm writing stuff. I always like I think FBR in my head so that the inner critic doesn't stop the words from flowing onto. Nice. Yeah, nothing to add. Cool. Next one is uh, if you're not falling down occasionally, you are just coasting. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, all about taking a certain level of risk. Yeah, agreed. Right, next. Uh, we still got about 20 to go, so let's blitz through these. Uh, perhaps the most counterintuitive truth of the universe is that the more you give to others, the more you'll get. Understanding this is the beginning nice. of wisdom. Sounds like you should yep. be giving to others, not for the sake of getting back from them, but just for the sake of giving. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I always, yeah, this doesn't sit there. This, and I'm not even kidding. Like A lot of people say that, like, oh, there's, like, this karma thing. Like, you know, if you're nice to other people, you, if you, then the universe will reward you or something. And, yeah, you know, you shouldn't do it for that reason. <laughs> but, yeah, fine. I back it. Uh, next one. Friends are better than money. Almost anything money can do, friends can do better. In so many ways, a friend with a boat is better than owning a boat. Oh, mate. <laughs> that's so good. That's really good. That so... <laughs> Dude, that's genius. <laughs> I've heard, actually, side note, I've heard lots of, like, <laughs> so there's, like, rich people, and then there's, like, boat-rich people. And I've heard yeah. a lot of boat-rich people complain about <laughs> how, how lame it is to own a boat. <laughs> and actually, it's, like, a massive pain in the arse. And it's some, like, weird status symbol amongst, like, the boat-rich. <laughs> like, having a, having the biggest boat at the at the, the harbour or something. Not harbour. There's, like, a more, like, pretentious uh, boat marina? at the harbour. At the marina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, dude, that's so good. I often, uh, yeah, I think I've I've encountered this uh, this same concept a bunch of times where I feel like there's like asymmetric gains to be made from basically from like sharing things. So, for example, uh, in St Albans, we live in uh, we live we live in like a gated community uh, that has I don't know a few dozen sort of flats slash houses. And there's like a big sort of landscaped communal garden that looks really nice and sort of is available for everyone to hang out in. And I always think that like this is so cool. Like I don't I don't care about having a private garden. What do I get out of having a private garden? It seems like a win-win-win if a bunch of people pool together so that they can all have a sick landscaped garden that's really well taken care of, and everyone can benefit uh, from that at no cost to everyone else. And yeah, I always think that there's like so many situations in which, yeah, just sort of uh, pooling resources and sharing them 
is way better than uh, sort of everyone trying to go it their own way. Mm. You know, economies of scale, blah blah blah. And I think I think what it mostly comes down to is uh, sort of uh, trustless communication, almost. Uh, so what do you mean? For What's example, trustless communication. Uh, you know, so for example, if you're friends with someone, you can that there's a there's a lower cost in all your communication because you know you can you know you assume you can trust the other party yeah right and so uh i think you know for example between uh between the two of us you know some of our financial stuff is like shared or whatever right like you know we we both have, have that mortgage on your flat and mortgage on our flat table that, <laughs> right and i often think that like it would be so much of a pain you know it, it's so it's nice having these kinds of mutually beneficial financial arrangements with people you trust because there's so much less nonsense involved like if if for example i was trying to buy a flat with a complete stranger you know there there's going to be a large overhead for both people in making sure that the other the other party isn't going to screw them and it's very asymmetrically useful to be able to yeah assume reasonably that the other party is not going to screw you and so it allows you to do things that otherwise you wouldn't really be able to do. Yes, fully back that. Um, I'm I'm going to do an, uh, a YouTube live stream with this dude called Tynan uh, at some point next month. Uh, I think I've, I've, I've talked about him on the podcast before. He's like this uh, blogger who um, famously pulled together with 10 friends to all buy an island a few years ago. Uh, oh, yeah, and yeah. they each put in, I mean, I th- he, he hasn't said exactly how much it was, but I think kind of low six figures. So each kind of friend put in between like ten and $30,000 or something like that. Uh, and like 10 of them bought this island together. Uh, and yeah, apparently it's absolutely sick because they could all like spend time. And he's got like properties in Tokyo and Budapest and Las Vegas that sort of co-owned with friends. And the theory right. is that like, you know, they don't they, they don't like rent them out because then it becomes a real pain in the bum and and the idea is that at any time if you want to go to tokyo there is a house there for you and if someone yeah. else is using it that's even better because now you're hanging out with friends <laughs> while you're both in yeah, tokyo yeah, together. yeah so i think that yeah that's, that's like a, an incredible sort of model that like i would love to find the right group of people to kind of pull together with to do something like that yeah 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 that that, that example is even better where like yeah, it's not just like a neutral thing that it's it's like fine if you're both using the garden, but it's actually better if you're both using the garden. Mm. So that's even better. I uh, just uh, I think this is so a while ago there was an economist I think in like the 1930s who was basically sit, sitting around uh, and wondering about what why do firms exist? Why do people organize into these groups called companies mm. to accomplish things together rather than everyone being kind of like a a solo person. And, you know, transacting with other people, like, you know, getting a contract to do this and getting a different contract to do the other thing and so on. Uh, and basically the, I think it's something Coase, Richard, let me just look it up. Uh, Ronald Coase, he got a Nobel Prize for this, uh, for coming up with why firms exist. And, and they basically exist to reduce the transaction costs between the people in the firm. So, uh, and that's basically what I'm trying to get at with like, you know, there's very low transaction costs of you and I doing stuff together because there's you know implicit trust and the you know mutual mental models for how things work and, and a shared worldview and all this kind of stuff. The same. That's the reason why people organize into companies is because when you are organized into a company where you're all all under this umbrella, uh, it lowers the transaction costs. It, it makes it cheaper for you to collaborate on things. Uh, I guess because there's trust and shared language and knowledge and all this kind of stuff. And so yeah, that's why companies exist. And uh, yeah, I guess this is like treating your personal life a bit more like business, almost like creating 
firms of you of you and your friends to yeah collaborate together on in ways that benefit everyone yeah like okay so practi- practically speaking what is something that you you and i can do together with friends in this sort of domain in the next sort of like in in the short term because buying an island or buying a house in budapest is probably sort of out of the question but i wonder if there's anything equivalent hmm um, when I was part of the Wilderness Medicine Society at Cambridge, um, there were a few people on the committee who, uh, for, who's like their families had were in this collective with like thirty other families, uh, and they would kind of buy up these cottages in like really nice like national park type areas, such that whenever anyone wanted, you could just kind of see if anyone was using cottage, and then you could you, you could go to the cottage as long as you arranged for it to be cleaned and stuff afterwards. That seemed like a very good um, a good model. Yeah. Is, is there something yeah, I like think that that's that good. we could do? I think like just shared resources in general. Like at university, for example, uh, there was a friend of mine who's, yeah, to, to some extent, I had a bike that at one point became community property. <laughs> <laughs> and so so you're friend... saying that your bicycle was ridden like the tan, like, like the tan bicycle? <laughs> <laughs> is that a phrase? <laughs> Yeah, that's a that, that's a an old school slur. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My bike was literally the town bike for a, for a group of people. <laughs> Where yeah, people would just hit me up. Yeah, it was known that I had a bike and that I didn't care about people using it. And so I would get hit up a few times a week. People saying, "Hey, can I borrow a bike from this time to this time?" And uh, yeah, they just come and take my bike. Uh, I think that was useful for everyone. Um, and I think more people can do stuff like that. But some people, I don't know, I think at university, I encountered this, an aversion to doing stuff like that. Mm. I found that fewer people than I expected were willing to do things like that. I mean, particularly on the, specifically on the bike front. Like some people just had this thing against it of like, oh, I don't want to lend out my bike. What, well, what if something happens? What do you mean, what if something happens? <laughs> something can happen while you're riding your bike. <laughs> um, yeah, like I would, uh, so I was big on having like a, a communal room essentially. And I, I'd even, I'd even go so far as to leave it, as to leave it unlocked, even when I wasn't in. Uh, yeah. And it, it, it was like really nice because like occasionally I come into my room to find that like, you know, a, f- a friend was already in there with some of their friends from London who were visiting Cambridge, and actually they n- needed a place to just chill out for a few hours in town centre. And I was like, "Oh, this is this is great!" Like, you, you know, it's like I was never once annoyed by it. It was more like, "Oh, this is yeah. fantastic! I I get this free social contact, and now I've got I could get to make friends with these new people that I wouldn't have met otherwise." It just seems like such a no-brainer, and yet, like I was I was still very much I was very much in the sort of minority of people who would do that. And then one time we had like a, a burglary in college, and someone's laptop got stolen from their room or something. And then my friend Jake asked, you know, is this going to, is, is this going to make you lock your laptop? And then I said, no, mate, it's all about the gambler's fallacy. You know, <laughs> like there was, there was, there was a certain probability of theft. Um, and the fact that this event has happened has not increased the, the future probability of theft. <laughs> Therefore, I'm going to keep, continue to leave my room completely unlocked. And he was like, uh, yeah. I think, I think, I think your decision making is actually wrong there. I think a lot of people, uh, kind of mis- misinterpret. Uh, that is like a gambler's fallacy oh, yeah, kind of situation. Why is my decision making wrong? Uh, I think your decision making uh, is is wrong there because okay, let's say. Are you that, saying that the fact that that the event has happened increases the the next the probability it might happen in the future? No, it increases uh, the the fact that the event happened uh, 
means that your initial estimate for the probability of the event happening was probably slightly low. Mm. For example, let's say let's say you used to believe that uh, there's a one percent chance of a robbery in your college at a given day. Yep. Let's say a robbery happens. Yeah. You're like, I, I, yeah, if one robbery happens, it's like once a year. Yeah. That's uh, I probably overestimate the probability of my room being robbed on yeah, a given day. Yeah. No, 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 no. If it happens once a year, fine. But it's a rare event, right? Like, yeah. It's probably not happening once a year. And so if it happens once, there's, there's two things you can think. You can think, oh, okay, yeah, I mean, it's still pretty low chance. Or, and I think this is uh, probably worth taking into account, you can think, oh, a robbery happened unexpectedly. Maybe my initial estimate was actually too low. And for example, if like three robberies happened, at that point you would then think, okay, my estimate was too low. Maybe mm-hmm. I should lock the door. You know, if robberies are happening every week, you would, you would reevaluate your estimate, right? I would, yes. And so, right. And so like, when it comes to rare events, if a robbery happens, you know, if a robbery happens once, twice, or three times in a week, it's just a matter of like scale, right? It's not, it's not like a different thing. And so, if it happens once, it's not, it's not like completely a case of, ah, oh, you know, the rate is actually, you know, you, you should revise your rate in your head for it to be slightly higher than you expect, probably. Mm. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I understand what you're saying. I don't think it applies in this, in these sorts of circumstances where you know that there is a non-zero risk of a room getting burgled. You find that someone's room was burgled, and that's happened once in your in your living memory. I think it would be, I think it, it would be unwise to for, for that to significantly change my decision making. Um, bearing in mind that the only other decision I can now make is to lock my room. Like on the basis right, yeah, of yeah. that one burglary, the my my actions should remain identical. No, no. I think you're. I think you're going too far. When you're saying my actions should remain identical on that basis of one burglary, um, actually, no. Your your actions should remain identical. Yes, but your but, thinking should but my be thinking should different. be like, okay, cool. Maybe. And so, yeah, 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 fine. Yeah, you know. And so, but either way, it's not like, this it's, case of it's, the gambler's fallacy. Wait, so so that doesn't. Mm, is it not? It's not the case. It's not the case. Look, look. You, your actions are not like this continuous thing. It's like a discrete thing of like, okay, once the risk reaches above a certain threshold, I would start locking my door. Yeah. So there could be two burglaries, burglaries in a year and you might still leave your door open. Yeah. But there could be two burglaries in a year and you might then increase your level of, I think this is how often burglaries happen. And so sure. you should you should still sort of... But, you know, but I think that's still... Uh, my understanding of gambler's fallacy is that it's the fallacy that an event has happened once. The, the, the fact that that event has happened does not actually influence subsequent the, the, the probability of subsequent events. It's like the fact that I've rolled two sixes in a row does not change the fact that I still have the, the same exact probability as I did yeah, before yeah, of yeah, rolling yeah. a third six. Yeah, yeah. Yes, 100%. But for example, if you get a thousand sixes in a row, it should increase the probability in your head of, hmm, maybe this dice is rigged, right? Yes, <laughs> fine. <laughs> so that, that's what I'm getting at. That's what I'm getting at. Okay. But what I'm saying is that example, this was... Uh, sure. If yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I agree. That it, it depends on numbers. Yeah. I, I was kind of being nitpicky because... I think it was an incorrect application of a very specific thing that people think. So I think it was worth nitpicking on that because I think what I'm describing is actually useful. I think in your example, probably based on the numbers involved, it wouldn't have changed your actions. But I think it's a trap that you can fall into. Oh, okay, cool, interesting. I'll, I'll, I will take your, your word for that as the probability maestro. Um, we've got a, a few comments. So Jack Milton says, Ali, your nose takes up my whole screen. Thank you. Damn. We've got Kodu Guys, legend who says, calls us cows. Um, we've got, oh, uh, someone who says, Ali and Temur grab a lot of attention in, in Indian media. We've got Amatul who says, Tamir, please talk more as I'm tired of listening to Ali. 
Right. So do you want to do uh, the next one? <laughs> All right. Uh, next one is it's hard to cheat an honest man. Molly, I'm in the middle of a podcast record, which is being live streamed. What do you, what, what, what can I help you with? Which way is west? Apparently there's what? A, apparently there's a rocket going past to the west. Can we see it? Well, I can tell you which way, which way is southeast. Southeast is that way that you're currently facing, which means north is there, which means west is there. So look in that direction. Sorry. Um, this is true. Wait, can we actually see the rocket with our eyes from here? I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm looking at you on a computer screen. <laughs> All right, whatever. Anyway, right. All right, this, let's... this one was, it's hard to cheat an honest man. Cool, fine. Yeah, good. Okay, we need to just blitz through the rest. When an object is lost, 95% of the time it's hiding within arm's reach of where it was last seen. Search in all possible locations in that radius and you'll find it. Yeah. Dude, Kevin Kelly loses a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> about like 2% two, 2 of the insights he's gained in life are about how to find stuff he's lost. <laughs> Probably like 5%, 5 actually. <laughs> Imagine if he spent like every year of his life thinking about one of these. He'd be spending a lot of time. Anyway. All right. Uh, next one is you are what you do, not what you say, not what you believe, not how you vote, but what you spend your time on. Yeah, I back that. Yeah. Okay. If you lose or forget to bring a cable, adapter, or charger, check with your hotel. Most hotels now have a drawer full of cables, adapters, and chargers that others have left behind and probably have the one that you're missing. You can often claim it after borrowing it. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's good. I, if, if, like, I'm, I'm always pleasantly surprised by what you can ask people for at a hotel. Yeah. I, hotels are like, I think they're the original sort of people who cared about UX, you know, user experience. Like their, their job is for you to feel like calm and peaceful and, and uh, taken care of. Um, and yeah, I've always found hotels to be very helpful when it comes to that side. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the time, you know, you can afford not to pack certain things because like a hotel will have them and it's basically their job to have them. Mm. Uh, anyway, yeah, it's like, uh, like, next one. it's like a few times I've, I've forgotten toothbrush and, and toothpaste. And I, I just, I, like, I, th I, think, I, think, I think the first few times I was really annoyed. I was like, oh damn, what are we going to do? And then one time I just tried asking at the desk and they were like, yeah, here you go. I was like, oh. Yeah, you can ask anything. Yeah, you can ask like an, an ironing board if your room doesn't come with it. Yeah, basically anything you can think of, they, yeah. they probably have it. Um, all right, cool. The next one is hatred is a curse that does not affect the hated. It only poisons the hater. Release a grudge as if it was a poison. Yeah, yeah I like back that. it. There is no... Right, on, Fine, continue. On, on that note, I think, uh, <clears throat> I think that there's a trap that can be fallen into where... You, you're having a negative emotion that's like net affecting you negatively, but there is a small part of that which you're getting a kick out of, which is typically some sense of righteousness or some sense of like, you know, woe is me. It's either righteousness or self-pity or something. And it, it's the, these kinds of like sort of uh, satisfying slivers within a negative emotion can trick you into sort of wallowing in a negative emotion because like it kind of feels good in some sick perverted way mm. when actually it's just doing you harm. Yeah, I back that. Right, next. There is no limit on better. Talent is distributed unfairly, but there is no limit on how much we can improve what we start with. Yep, love it. Growth mindset, etc. cetera. Uh, next one is be prepared. When you are 90% done on any large project, the rest of the myriad details will take a second 90% to complete. Oh, Mate, right. so true, so true. Mate, we've been on nine, we've been on on ninety percent completion for my for my new website launch for the past like two months. Really, it just takes far too long. Yeah, yeah, I was encountered this doing like design stuff, um, where yeah, like the 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 stuff that takes you know you spend the most time on the <laughs> a few very specific pixels <laughs> sometimes. Mm. Okay, I think we should we should actually stop there because there are still about like. 10 to 15 to go and we can save these if we ever need an episode in the future 
But All right. I think this is a good place to end part three of the Kevin Kelly 68 Life Lessons. Thank you very much, Kevin. Uh, do you want to read a review and we'll, we'll call it a night? Cool. All right, reviews. We have now had almost 1,500 ratings on the on the store. Uh, oh, bloody hell, my, my thing stopped recording. What? My thing stopped recording. I think it's because when? I think it's when I switched the screen thingy. Oh, it doesn't matter. Either way, like I've got decent record audio recorded on the on the live stream. All right, this review comes from uh, Soma Tito in the United States of America, entitled "Awesome Convo." Uh, Soma Tito says, "Pretty interesting convo between two brothers about intellectual topics. Love it. Uh, it's very unique and new, with less ego involved compared to a lot of other podcasts. It's also interesting to hear different perspectives. Nice, good stuff." Yeah, thanks very much for that. Uh, any Do you ins- have an insight? Ins- insight of the week. Um... I've been, I don't know, I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but I've been writing a thousand words a day for the past. Oh yeah. How is that going? It's good. It's actually very doable every day. I wrote like 2000 words yesterday. Um, when do you do it? I just sort of like, I, I find moments throughout the day. So like if I'm, if I'm at work, then I'll just open up Rome on, on the work computers and I'll just sort of, sort of throughout the day, I'll just be adding to the daily note or whatever. Um, and now I've built like this new, this new sort of categorization system. It's, it's quite cool. Uh, it's cool is a strong word, but it's like every <laughs> check out my categorization system. <laughs> it's like I've started using uh, noun labels for certain types of pages. So, for example, if it's a book, if it's kind of notes from a book, I will use the dollar sign in book. If it's a if it's a person, I use dollar sign person. If it's like a, a podcast, dollar sign podcast, and and the dollar sign is the the noun that that thing refers to. If that makes sense. And then for my own writing, so for example, if I'm working on like a blog post or something, um, I've got like a four tiered approach to this. It's like it starts off as an idea, and then it can be an it's an embryo, a fetus, and a neonate, <laughs> and those are like the four the four bits of it. So like if it's if it's not fleshed out at all, it's just an idea. If I start writing stuff, it becomes an embryo, and then it changes to fetus, and then it graduates to being a neonate, and then goes into Notion, where I kind of flesh it out into a, a blog or a video or whatever. And this has like been a nice way. And then I use the, the query feature in Rome to sort of automatically tell me a list of all my embryos and fetuses and right. neonates. Yeah. And then it means that if I need to write something, I just kind of look through the list and just start typing away at something. And yeah. just having that kind of default system has meant that I don't have to think about, oh, crap, what do I want to write today, which has always been the biggest stumbling block in my in my writing. That's actually pretty cool. Like, what, if, what do you write about? Like, what have you gained from this practice so far? Um, I, uh... Um, so for example, yesterday I wrote a blog post about the launch of this Anki Skillshare class and kind of the, sort of the, the behind the scenes of that. Um, today, what was it? I think, I think the, the other day I was uh, on, on my list was like a video about how to type faster. So I just kind of drafted out some of that. Um, I wrote, uh, a few, a few days ago, my friend Ben messaged me asking about how to get started with investing. So I was like, oh, that would make for a good video. So I just kind of, yeah. just kind of sat there and just kind of wrote out like 1500 words on how to get started with investing. So just sort yeah. of things like that, where every day I just sort of pick something and then start writing about it oh okay yeah so it's like writing about topics rather than like personal introspection kind of stuff i mean there's a personal introspection as well like if i'm struggling if i don't have a specific topic then i will do the whole morning pages thing of just sort of writing whatever comes to mind and then usually in through doing that i will like within a few minutes i'll come up with some sort of topic that i can then expand my thoughts on oh okay so that's like nice insight of the week yeah that sounds pretty neat i might give this a go anyway thanks everyone for listening have you got an insight of the week or should we just um yeah, I do have an insight of the week, actually. If oh, you yeah. don't mind. By all means. I think uh, I realized this week that I'm a, I'm a complete slave to, to branding, basically. I found out that, you know, basically, 
for since we moved to the UK, we mostly have had PG Tips tea bags, right? And I've always been pretty happy with this, and I've always strongly believed that PG Tips is obviously the best one because it has by far the best branding. It has this like, yeah, you. I mean, yeah. It, if you're in the UK, I don't know why other countries sell PG Tips, but if you look at the, the shelf of tea, PG Tips is you know, by and large obviously the best like mainstream tea brand uh, by by the looks of it. Like they do such a good job that when I'm when I'm drinking PG Tips, it feels like I'm you know I'm like contributing to the World War II effort or something. I feel this like connection to, oh. <laughs> to the country or something. You know, feel strongly about I, PG Tips. I don't know how they've managed it, but I feel that way. But then I think a few weeks ago they didn't have PG Tips or something. We had Tetley Tea in the house. Tetley with another tea brand. Their packaging looks awful. It looks com- it looks trash. We had Tetley Tea for some reason. Uh, and, and, you know, we were using it for like a couple of months or something. And then we recently switched back to PG Tips. And I realized that, whoa, Tetley is actually way better than PG Tips. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, like... Yeah, people in the chat are saying PG Tips is a god-awful tea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, someone's saying Yorkshire is better than PG yeah, Tips. Y- Yorkshire yeah, tea is the best but, tea. <laughs> yeah, I think I just, I just looked at the brands and just th- and thought like, oh, yeah, this is obviously the best one. I didn't even need to try the other ones. Whereas... Yeah, I guess to, you know, don't judge a tea bag by its packaging. outer packaging. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a good, a good insight for the week. That would actually right. be a, that, that would actually be a good clippable bit that we can then use for Instagram promo. I'm trying to find like bits bits like that, like uh, that for the yeah, pod. get that Tetley Tea sponsorship. <laughs> exactly. PG <laughs> uh, Tips, screw you guys. All right. Nice. All right, I think uh, we'll we'll end it there. Thank you everyone for listening, uh, and we'll see you next time. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Apple Podcasts website if you're not using an iPhone. There's a link in the show notes. If you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics, we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum, question, or just anything that we could discuss. Yeah, if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion, email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. If you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly, that's fine as well. Tweet or DM us at N Overthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.